Hey folks, and welcome to a long delayed MLB Pro Happy Hour with your favorite drone GM. As we sit here less than a month out from the postseason, I have been gathering stories and input from the different GMs that run the teams across the league that aren't necessarily prepared or even have a chance to go into the postseason here in 2020. I want to talk to them about their future, what next year looks like, what their plans are in the offseason, who they're excited about, what they're watching, all those kinds of things to give the little guys like the Atlanta Braves and the rest of the league some hope. But before we get to that, there are still some very, very interesting things going on in the race for this alleged championship that everybody keeps talking about that you can definitely win if you're not in the American League West. None of us are buying it, but, you know, to humor those that, need to be consumed by the lie and by the deception of those that lead us heavy wink here, Matt. And, and so that you guys know I'm kidding, but you can't see this because anonymous is going to turn it into an audio file. Um, I thought it'd be fun to take a look at the races, right? And, and the reality is that most of the division races are done. You look across the board and you've got the Mariners leading by eight and a half games with 20 some odd games left. Yes, 20-some games are a lot. An eight-and-a-half game swing could technically be pulled by that thing there. But they only play the Angels for three. They get the Rangers for seven, which isn't as easy as it should be. They get the Astros for three, the A's for three, the Indians for four. Not a cakewalk by any stretch of the imagination, but do I look at this 20-ish game stretch and think they're going to lose nine games more Whatever, they're going to lose nine games. I don't want to say that in a, in a concise way. No. The Mariners have the West locked up, right? And that's even – that's the closest one, I think. Not literally, outside of the one that we're going to talk about that, that actually has a chance here. You've got the uh, Blue Jays leading the American League East by 13 games over the Yanks, um, who have won three in a row, but they're not catching the Blue Jays. You have the Cardinals leading the Pirates in NL Central by nine and a half. Neither team playing over 500 ball over the last 10, but the Pirates really on a bad skid. Uh, the Diamondbacks are 12 and a half up on the Rockies, which is one of the quietest, weirdest things you can think about. If you look at the Rockies season last year, their transition over to this year is insane at how poor this team has played and how much of that can be put right in the bullpen. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, and, and then, obviously, you've got the Mets leading by 26 games, uh, despite the fact that the Nationals have been surging at 7-3 and three over the last 10. Still a 26-game lead over the closest person in that division. The, the National League East is what the National League West was four years ago, when, except they have one really good team. At four years ago, the National League West was everybody was dog shit. All four, five teams in that division, excuse me, were terrible. And since then, they've built through the draft for some of them. Like the Diamondbacks have done a really good job. The Dodgers rose to relevance for a little bit. The Rockies have been very good the last couple of years. Not so great now. The Giants had their time. Um, I'm getting way off topic here. But – the only division that has a shot here at being in, in like contention is the central. And that is White Sox versus Indians as the White Sox have a five game lead over Cleveland. We'll talk about that. And we're also going to talk about the uh, wildcard races really quickly because there's some interesting storylines to look at here. While the Indians are in striking distance of the central title, I honest to God, even with the Bill Black injury, or that will basically take him out to the postseason, think, the Indians are in more danger of missing the playoffs than they are 
having a possibility to make a run at this division. They're still two games out of them in a wild card with two very good teams sitting in front of them, the Angels of the wild card team and the Rangers. But the reality of the situation is, if you look at their schedule down the line here, I wrote this down because it was, it was intense. They have their final 10 games are against the Mariners, White Sox, and Blue Jays, right? So there's, let's start there. The final 10 games of the season, Mariners, White Sox, Blue Jays, three of the best teams in the league, all playing very good baseball, none of which particularly have anything to play for except the, the White Sox. If you're this team, you want to bury Cleveland here at this point. But nobody's going to rest their starters to an extensive margin here with the, with the contracted roster. What is it, 28 people? You can't rest all your starters. So they're going to still be playing good teams, right? But if you look at the remaining 20 games, 16 of the final 20 games that the Cleveland Indians play here down the stretch are against teams with winning records. And the other four are against the Twins, which are their mortal rival, right? This might be the toughest finishing schedule I've seen in a really long time. Let me just lay it out for you. Tonight they played the Twins in the rubber game of a three-game series in Minnesota. They traveled to Colorado – Tough place to play, first of all, with a team that's fighting for its playoff life. Off day, three against Minnesota at home, and then the starts to stretch of Angels, Tigers, we won't talk about those three games, four in Seattle, three in Chicago, and then they get an off day and they come home to play Toronto. That is a shit show of difficult games to play. And the poor Indians got to do it while trying to track down the red-hot White Sox from five behind or take down the Angels and Rangers. The Angels and Rangers, just for comparison, have very easy schedules down the stretch. The Angels have definitely caught fire a little bit from the offensive side. Their pitching is going to struggle regardless. It's going to be a slugfest, whatever they get into. But the, the Indians have to chase down two teams that are ahead of them, that have better records, with only three games head-to-head against either of them, which means if you're the Cleveland team, mark September 11th through 13th on your calendar is a time you absolutely had to play your best baseball. You have to sweep the Angels at that point, I think, if you're going to have any hope of tracking these guys down. And the Rangers could fall apart at any point, right? But that's important. And, and that's a very, very difficult moment for the Indians. The other piece of this, if you look at what's behind them, the Yankees are only five games out, three games behind Cleveland in this wild card chase. They've won three in a row right, to close that gap to three games. Their schedule down the stretch, significantly easier. They're off tonight coming off two huge wins in Boston. They play four in Baltimore, three versus Boston, three versus Toronto, three in Tampa, three more versus Toronto, four against Houston, four against Tampa. So that's six games remaining of their 20-plus against winning record teams. The rest of them are against teams that are sub-500. So the Yankees are going to get – hot here. They're just they're going to. They're going to win more games than they would against tougher teams, right? You have to figure this is a very good stretch here for the, the Yankees, and they can make a run down the stretch here to close that three-game gap against the Indians with the schedule I just laid out for you and make a run here at that second wild card spot. The real question is, can the Rangers and Angels fall out of the way? And reality is, yes. I mean, neither one of them has a particularly hard schedule. I think I just pulled it up. Yeah, the Rangers finish up the rubber game of, against the Angels right now. Then they do not play the Angels again. So these two teams will not face each other again. They do play the Mariners here in a little bit. They play the Mets down the stretch, and they play the Mariners again. So it's a little bit tough, but there's no head-to-head between the Angels and Rangers, which means there's no chance of one of them sweeping the other one to knock them out or beating up on each other and, and changing games back and forth, right? So this wild card race is going to be very interesting. Can Cleveland hang on? 
and make a push to get either Texas or Los Angeles out of the two pole positions. I don't know that they're going to lose enough games between either of those two for anybody to catch up for it to matter. But in rea- and, and the third part of this, and I know I'm scattered here, is that I don't know if the Yankees are going to be held off here to take that third spot and potentially push even Texas maybe for that other wild card spot. You have to assume the Angels will make it just based on their history. You, it's impossible to count out a team like this that it has won multiple championships here over the last couple of years. Uh, the last time they missed the playoffs, just for argument's sake here, was in 2014 when they had an 84 and 78 record. They've never had a losing record. They've won over 100 games in, since 2015. That is disgusting. Oh, my God. They've never – this will be the first time they've lost a division since 2014. To be fair, they missed the playoffs that year. But four of the last five championships. God damn it. Fuck off, man. All right, look, let's talk about something else before I get really angry. Let's go to the National League. Again, no divisions open in the National League, but that wild card is incredibly, incredibly interesting. Right now, just to run through them, you've got Pittsburgh and the Colorado Rockies sitting in that pole position, right, at 1-2. Technically, Pittsburgh has a half-game lead over Colorado, but they're right there. The Nationals, Phillies. Marlins, Dodgers, Padres, and Brewers are all within five games. None of those teams are very good, mind you. Uh, in fact, the only two over 500 are Pittsburgh and Colorado. But they've been playing better as of late, some of them. The Nationals particularly. The Phillies are 5-5 five and five over the last 10. The Marlins are 4-6. and six. The Dodgers are 3-7, and seven, just completely trying to tank their season on accident. The Padres are 5-5, five and five and the Brewers are 6-4. and four. So of these teams here, who makes this run, right? Who gets these extra two positions in the National League? to try to knock down the Mets or the Cardinals or the Diamondbacks, who are the three clear best teams in the National League and the only chances in the National League, in my opinion, to win a World Series here. Let's talk about what they're all going to need. Pittsburgh is going to need to hit. Their pitching has been decent. Can they keep hitting the way they were early on in the season? Or can they revert to hitting the way they were in the beginning of the season? Maybe. I don't think so. I've said all year, I don't think the Pirates make the postseason. They're making a hell of a run at it here to make me look like an idiot. But I don't think they're going to make the postseason. The Rockies, their bullpen, Jesus Christ. They can hit the ball with anybody. Their starting pitchers have actually been great. When you look at Brandon Kreese, Nick McCarley, Dennis Moore, who is now in AAA, three pitchers who should be the anchor of a spectacular bullpen, they've all been terrible. Now, those are just the three guys that I mentioned off the top of my head. There are plenty of others in this, this pen who should be pitching well above where they are right now. Statistically, they're giving up home runs left and right. They're walking batters. They can't get people out. They're batted off the charts. It's not been pretty in the bullpen. And their starters can't go 10 innings. They can't go nine innings most of the time. They're going six or seven. So can the Rockies pull something together? Can this AAA stint for Dennis Moore work? It hasn't so far through a couple of appearances. Can he come back and be the guy he was last year and the year before that, that carried them to a couple of good appearances? I'm worried. A bullpen is such a fickle thing. It can obviously turn around in a moment, but it's been bad all year. The fact that they're 70 and 71 with how bad that bullpen has been is impressive, honestly. But I don't know that that bullpen can hang on. I hope it can, and I hope it makes a run in the postseason because I think the Rockies are a very good team that can challenge some of the American League Giants. I'm worried, right? You take a step down from them. The Nationals, half a game back, three in a row, one more against Atlanta tonight after storming back late with an impressive win to stay within a half game and win their third in a row. You know, they're interesting. They have 17 games down the stretch against the National League East. 20 if you count the Mets. There's three games against the Mets and 17 games against the Braves, Phillies, uh, 
and Marlins, right? Uh, yeah, Braves, Phillies, and Marlins. That's just that's ideal for a team like the Nationals, right? The question becomes, can Ed Palmer keep up his resurgence? He's been much better in August. He's been red hot in September. But looking at his statistics, he's actually been much better as a four-hole hitter as opposed to a three-hole hitter where they currently have him slated. I'd be interested to see if they move him to that four spot and just let him rip if the Nationals can make a run at this thing. 17 games against three of the worst teams in baseball, granted a couple of them are competing for a wild-card spot here, makes for a very compelling argument for them to be able to make a run and take over the Rockies or Pirates spot here as the Rockies and Pirates try to battle with more difficult divisions and a couple of AL opponents in here, right? The Phillies. They can't get on base. They've got plenty of power flashing, but they can't get on base. They're not scoring runs. They played okay, but they're inconsistent as their five and five record here kind of demonstrates. Been that way for most of the year, sitting at 68 and 71. They're not the literal 70 and 70 nationals, but if they can get a couple guys on base in front of some of these other dudes to knock some runs in, they can do it. But to this point, through what, 140 games, you've shown me you can't do it. So I have no faith that Philly can pull this thing together. Miami, can somebody, 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 please support Lance McCullers. The dude has been spectacular since coming back from the disabled list. I think his ERA is below 1-5. If somebody can support Lance McCullers as a secondary arm in this, this rotation or some bats off the bench, off the lineup, excuse me, they got a shot, right? I really think Pittsburgh is going to struggle down the stretch. I think Colorado can struggle down the stretch. I think they're straightened out, so they're battling for that one. You've already heard about Washington's um, – schedule so so Miami clearly is playing against them a little bit and just because they are playing well at 70 and 70 doesn't make them a great team so the Marlins could make a run here too only two and a half back but they're going to need other pitching help the Dodgers their, their injury struck all the way through I think they have seven people that should be in the starting lineup rotation on the IL they're not making this thing through uh, San Diego can't score and, and Milwaukee I, I looked at them up and down I couldn't figure out exactly what they're missing they're missing a lot right so the reality of the situation is if I'm making predictions here which I'm about to, wasn't planning on. Let me make a bold prediction. The Mets, they're going to win the East. They already did. The Cardinals are going to win the Central, and the Diamondbacks are going to win the West. So that's one, two, three in the National League. You've got Blue Jays, the White Sox hang on in the Central, and the Mariners hang on in the West. So that's Blue Jays, White Sox, Mariners, Mets, Cardinals, Diamondbacks as the division winners. The two wild card spots, right? I think the American League is a little – well, it's really a three-team race. I hate to say it, Aiden. I think the Indians fall off a little bit. Uh, I'm going to go Angels-Yankees. I think Rhett and his team make a run here based on that just ridiculously easy schedule down the stretch. Angels-Yankees in the American League and the National League, I'm going to take Rockies-Nationals uh, to finish it out. That has been your random rambling thoughts. I'm not an anonymous GM, folks. I can't run a show. I'll get this to him. He'll put it up. I'll be back tomorrow with the first 2020 preview of the Oakland A's. I'm not going to have Scott live with me, but I do have his thoughts on what the team's going to look like. Hopefully later in the week, I will get Chappie to join me live. I will get Matt Wells to join me live. I've had the fella in Milwaukee, Cole Seltzer to join me live later on. Um, so you should see some names you're not used to seeing live and in living color here on a couple of these podcasts. Um, and we'll get Anon involved as well and have some good shows way over the Appreciate the attention. See you guys later.